My name is Montel Morton, VP of Marketing at Redmont Distilling. This podcast is being brought to you by Redmont Vodka. Find us on the web at redmontdistilling.com. So um, one of the things that I've been, um, I guess, chewing over is the fact that um, I really want for particularly young, upwardly mobile, emerging leaders to really start going up to the CBC. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think, um, you know, I'm telling you anything you don't know. You Being in Birmingham, you can get in this... Complacent. Yeah, not only complacent, but you can get to a point where you're used to the crab in a barrel mentality. You're used to the negativity. And when you go up there and people are like, how can I help you? You know what I'm saying? It's it's reinvigorating. That's the beauty of CBC. I mean, just because it says Black Caucus, it opens up the arena for everybody of Hispanic and all other nationalities to come through and right. meet. And it's one of those things that, of course, we have Birmingham. It's you know always going to be what Birmingham is. But you go up to a place like D.C. that's a melting melting pot of just mm-hmm. different nationalities of people that's coming together for one common goal is to make sure that their communities are taken care of. Yeah, it's a, a time for you to meet with your legislators in the, in this, the federal house mm-hmm. in the Senate and just say, hey, look, we need housing help. We need transportation help. That's one of the things that's beautiful behind CBC because they know. We're coming up there for a reason. We understand it's another part of CBC that everybody kind of talks about. Yeah. <laughs> kind of don't talk about. We going to have some fun. <laughs> but the real reason is to really connect because everybody in other communities have the same issues that Birmingham has. We have the same issues that Memphis has. We have the same issues that Nashville has. Jefferson, I mean, Jefferson County is one of the biggest cities in the whole, you know, southeast. That's right. It's a time for us to be ahead of the game. So we got to be at the table. That's, the, that's really the purpose of CBC. I like it, but I don't like it when I get bios like this. Mm-hmm. I like it because it gives us more to talk about. But I don't like it because I want you to have a bio that is a little more biographical. How about? Yes, sir. <laughs> Mayor Randall Woodfin appointed Chaz Mitchell as Chief of Operations for the city of Birmingham, let's see, um, effective second term, November 23rd, 2021. As chief of operations, Mitchell ensures that the city of Birmingham has the proper operational controls, administrative and reporting procedures, and systems in place to ensure financial strength and that the city is operating efficiently and effectively. He will direct the city's day to he di- directs the city's day to day activities as well as maintains relationships with corporate institutions, community stakeholders, and the financial community. Being a public servant is the highest honor, and I am honored and humbled to serve as the chief of operations for this great city that I have called home my entire life. Mitchell said. 
in the press release. I'm excited to bring my expertise in operations, implementing efficient processes, and leading exceptional teams at the City of Birmingham. Chaz served 15 total years at City Hall, including 11 with the City Council Office as the Deputy Council Administrator, and four years in the Mayor's Office as the Deputy Chief of Operations and Interim Finance Director. He is a Ramsey High School alum, We Bleed Blue, and graduate of the University of Alabama at Birmingham with a bachelor's in accounting and a master's of business administration with a concentration in finance and marketing. Mr. Chaz. Mr. Ivor. Tell me a joke. Oh, man. You got, me, you got me nervous on this one. I don't know why. So I hope, I hope you this, so corny. I hope this goes over pretty well. All know. right. So, okay, here you go. You ready? Yeah. So what do women and Google have in common? Oh, man. What? They don't let you finish a sentence without making a suggestion. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Why was the music coming out of the printer? What was that? Because the paper was jamming. <laughs> I'm the king of the dad jokes. Dad jokes are dope. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good dad joke? I know, right? Now, first things first, we got a little um, theme going on this uh, season, and it is, you know, what makes you so Birmingham? And so I want I want you to say what makes you so Birmingham, and then I'm going to offer why I think you're so Birmingham. Okay. So what makes you so Birmingham? <sighs> Let's think about it. Mm-hmm. 39 years old. I'm born here, St. Vincent's Hospital. Okay. Been here my entire life. That tells you how young he is, black man <laughs> born at St. Vincent's Hospital. <laughs> That's what makes me Birmingham. Like I grew up on the west side of Birmingham. Yeah. Grew up in Ensley. Went to um, W. I went. So I'm all across the board. Let me just lay it out to you. Okay. Okay. So just growing up, grew up in uh, the Fairview Neighborhood Association, basically right in the, in, in the heart of Ensley. Okay. I took. I used to wake up at four thirty in the morning to catch the bus to take all the way over to the east side of Birmingham to WJ Christian, and I was there from K through A. All right. Did that. That sounds like a gifted kid to me. Eh, something like that. <laughs> Then left there and graduated, went to the illustrious Ramsey High School. Yes. Class of 2001. Shout out to everybody. We just had our, our whatever you want to call it, our <laughs> annual multi-class, multi-class reunion. reunion. Yeah. It was dope to see everybody, which I see almost on a daily anyway. So <laughs> it was good to see them. So left Ramsey, went to UAB. Did my undergrad there, did my grad there. And just I never had a ambition to really leave Birmingham because I felt like I needed to leave my footprint in Birmingham. And it's just one of those things, just growing up and seeing the dynamics of how Birmingham grew up and just grow to this level that it is now. It's really good. It's really, it, and it, it kind of helps me feel in this position that I'm in very valuable to what I'm doing because the growth of Birmingham is why I want to be in this position, why I want to serve in this position because it's all about making everybody live, have a livable life. Yeah. I remember when times in downtown Birmingham was a ghost town. Yeah. It was 5 o'clock. You couldn't see anybody on the streets. Yeah. Now what you see now, people going to bars, going to different restaurants, walking the dog, having a good time. Right. 
evolution. Yeah. And, and it was it's very good to see that from a youth to the man I am now. Um, before I say, well, as I say, what makes you so Birmingham, I'll incorporate this. Um, that was very humble of you, but um, your boss, who we all know is the father of downtown and in, in, in bringing back the vibrant life that was once downtown Birmingham and is now downtown Birmingham again. You a young man at City Hall behind the knobs and behind the phone calls and tweaking things and making things happen. And so, you know, I, that is part of why I think you are so Birmingham. But not just because of your work, but because you work out in Birmingham and you have you some cocktails <laughs> in Birmingham. If anybody looks at, at uh, Chaz's social media, you will see that he enjoys every bit of Birmingham. And, and I love to see that. Now, um, we haven't had a good love story. In a long time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he threw out the joker. Pow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have it. Now, um, you know, I take a lot of credit in the fact that I am personally responsible for his wedding, his, his beautiful... Bro- I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously speaking... Back to what makes you so Birmingham, we go way back to when Steel First and Twenty Third was the thing to do on Thursdays. On Thursday. And I often kiddingly say that it, if it weren't for my event, he and his beautiful wife never would have met one another. You know what? I I cannot deny that. <laughs> I finally I get can, it all. I cannot <laughs> deny that because me and April first met at at Steel on. On, on a Thursday. On a Thursday, that's we, right. We definitely met, and that's how we met. Now tell us the rest. Culminating culminating in one of the, and I'm not saying this just because this is y'all, one of the most beautiful wedding picture spreads I have ever seen. Like, that that really looks good. So tell us y'all's love story. So man. Sh- I'll give the very short story. Yeah, because <laughs> this was an ongoing relationship for a long time. We yeah, on and off, on and off. But okay, um, just pretty much. I'm gonna get it to the point where we we got to the point of being right, married. right. So about five years ago, four about four and a half, um, we were kind of not talking to each other. I think she and she'll agree. You know that. You, you hate you hated my guts. And <laughs> tell it like it is. I can't lie. And so it's just kind of going through a journey of just growth. Yeah. And I think it was a journey of growth for both of us. And then especially spiritually, like she was doing her own thing at Church of Highlands, and then I kind of was part of it. But I was with the men's group that was going through um, the whole thing that I kind of enjoyed because it, it got me closer to God, which is always important for everybody. Okay. So I was walking downtown per usual, leaving City Hall, trying to get something to eat. And I saw her sitting outside of Maki Fresh at that time that was downtown. Yeah. And she stopped me. She was like, hey, 
What's up? I said, hey, you're speaking to me now? <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of just, she was like, are you in the Church of the Highlands men's conference, whatever, whatever? And I said, yeah, I'm doing that. And Well, it's not a men's conference. It's an open conference for everybody, but it's group group conference. Okay. Don't know the, the, small the, groups yeah, and yeah, stuff small like group. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she was like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I said, you should do it because it, it brings a lot of people together that's under the same ilk as you are. They mm-hmm. like to talk about God. They like to know what God does and the benefits of just know what God is all about in your life. So I was like, yeah, you should do that. I think you, it will benefit you. Mm-hmm. So as usual, <laughs> as usual, she slid into them DMs. <laughs> <laughs> And it really, and the rest was history. Like we hit it off. We was, I mean, we have always been friends. I know we, yeah. you know, people go through their ups and downs, and they don't, you know, be on the same page and not on the same page. Right. But it worked out, and I think for real, God made it work for both of us to be able to develop a friendship and be in love and get to the point of a marriage, and then just be at the point that we are that we are building something together. And I, and, you know, I really appreciate God for lifting us up and together more than anything because. I love her to death. That's my girl. Amen. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys just celebrated. I won your anniversary. Yeah. And you guys went to where? We went to the Dominican Republic, which was good because we didn't get to, because of COVID, when we got married, we were kind of like, all right, nothing's really open. Yeah. So we were kind of like, let's just put all our, our effort and money into the wedding and then we'll plan something later. So that was a thing that we just kind of just put our money together and then it was just like, all right, what you want to do? I wanted to go to Costa Rica. Why she, Costa Rica? It's just something different about it. Because I like to do like jungle excursions. I would like to do like the 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 thing where you hold on to the rope and go to the, the rip. Yeah, the, the uh, what's thing. The, uh, yeah. It'll come to me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing you hold on to the long rope and you slide right. all the way down. It. Right. But she was like, let's just do something more calm and just be on the beach. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. As long as I ain't got to look at my work phone, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have some you know, endless anything. Yeah. So, so yeah. we did that and it was great. We were there for about a good week. So we, we enjoyed our time together. Outstanding. Now, before um, marriage and let's say, let's start from scratch, right? WJ Christian, I went to Epic. We had a different little matriculation there. You know what I'm saying? Then through Ramsey and, and um, then on. What was that like? You know what I'm saying? Growing up and now, how has it benefited you? It gives me a different perspective because growing up in the Fairview neighborhood, that's a different type of environment than it is growing up in a Roebuck neighborhood, per se, of the WJ Christian. Yeah. So I had the best of both worlds. I knew how to, I hate to say it, but talk different type of languages. But that's it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, WJ Christian was a pretty mixed school, mostly mm-hmm. white. And I was one of the few black kids out there, especially a male black kid mm-hmm. that's coming from the west side of Birmingham, where I should have been going to Fairview Elementary at that time that was there. Right. But I didn't, and my mom felt like I she wanted me to have a different type of uh, education. And I don't think it's nothing bad. I think mm-hmm. it's just you know it's just some one of those things. My brother, um, he went to WJ Christian with me also, but he's ten years older than me. But he went to Huffman High School. Okay, and. Of course, we're both from Ansley. Mm-hmm. I went to Ramsey High School, so we both did the whole thing, taking the test and everything. I think it's just one of those opportunities that's benefited of you if you wanted to take it. Yeah. And I just, I kind of just put all my eggs in the basket and just went with what my mom wanted me to do because I think she saw the potential. Let's yeah. just say that on the wall. Yeah. Now, um, I did say I was going to ask, how'd you get the cut on your face? 
<laughs> he has this little scar under his eye that I've always wondered how it got there. <laughs> All right, so I played basketball at Ramsey. Okay. Four years. Okay. So my senior year, we were going against Holy Family High School. <laughs> we just we just it. talked about Holy Family. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we were like really really good going into this is the first game of the season, but we already we were already nationally ranked because we were a really good summer team and we had a really outstanding junior year for me. Okay. So coming off, starting, what position did you play? I was a two guard. All right. And you know, for people that don't know, that shooting guard, but <laughs> in you know basketball terms, a little different due numbers. So let's just say we were up. A considerable amount. I would probably say I think we made on around 35 points at the time going into halftime. Oh, man. And so our coach was very aggressive. He was like, go ahead and press them. So we like, leave the scoreboard. <laughs> right. We need to press. Right. So we were up there pressing, and I was going for a ball, and this guy jumped ahead of me and came down and elbowed me right in, in the, pretty much in the temple with the cheek of my bone on my left side. So that's where the scar came from. Didn't know I got cut until I was still playing, and I wiped my face, and my whole hand was red. And I'm oh, like, man. am I bleeding? Or is he bleeding? Because <laughs> we kind of – I was right. like, it must be his elbow and not me. Yeah. So in typical fashion, I looked, and I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is Jefferson County Sheriff Mark Petway, inviting you to join the conversation that we've started around – bridging the gap to build communities that are safe and well-connected. Let's all work together to ensure that Jefferson County is a safe place for all who call it home. Man, I had a couple more <laughs> things, but I just couldn't. <laughs> you passed that. Hey, then man. you said in true you fashion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who's used to seeing their own blood, man? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> now, I had referenced your social media earlier. Tell people where they can find you on social media. Social media, I think it's all the way across the board. It's Ludachaz, L-U-D-A-C-H-A-Z. And That's how it. did you get Ludachaz? All right, so let's just make it obvious. <laughs> so when it was created, people said I looked like Ludacris. So I was like, mm, why not just say Ludachaz? And there it is. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your favorite charity right now? What's one of your favorite charities? I really don't have one, either, but because I support so many. Like, I mean, I'm a big, I love like Railroad Park, the mm -hmm. Humane Society is always a big one. The one I always lean towards the hardest is probably the American Red Cross because okay. I, I have O negative blood, which is the universal blood donor type. So my blood can go to anybody that needs it. So okay. I make sure that every time I, I'm available to give blood, I'm going to give blood because that benefits somebody that has cancer or going through something in life where they need some type of transfusion. So I'm always going to give blood. So I'm high on the list. I'm like a 10-gallon donor right now. So, I'm, wow. yeah, I'm still going to keep going. Man, shout out to you for that. Angela Jackson, make sure that oh, I. Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> she makes sure that oh, I give blood on the regular. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably <laughs> due to make a little donation of this old positive. I'm, I'm right behind right you. Yeah. So, um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Now, if you choose not to answer one of these questions, mm -hmm. you're going to have to make a donation. <laughs> you're going to make it anyway, but, you know, here goes. Let's start right where you were, Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. <laughs> 
Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Rickwood Field, and stay tuned. We got big things coming there. Man, y'all got big. We going to get to that. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Yeesh. Mm, that's a good one. Legacy. Okay. Crossplex or Legion Field? Ooh. That one hurt. I can't answer that one. <laughs> Here comes some blood. That, that one right there hurt one because both of them report to me and both of them leadership. I love to death. So shout out to Ruben Perez and Sinead Edens Bidding. I I will <laughs> I will let you get a, get away with that one. No, you got to give some blood. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Let me get that zoo. All right. You know, and as I'm going through here, I'm like, this is putting you kind of on the spot, giving your. Yeah. <laughs> we, we maybe we need to have some different questions for city folk. Yeah, I, deal, I deal with everybody that you're listening. Right. Uh, Sloss Furnace Vulcan. Vulcan. Alabama Theater or Lyric Theater. Alabama Jazz Hall of Fame. That is acceptable. <laughs> Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum. Ooh. Go again. <laughs> See, that's hard. Dawana Thompson is a Ramsey grad, and yeah. I love her to death. So that's Civil Rights Institute. Mm-hmm. And then the Negro League is part of the city. Yep. I cannot answer that. And sir. Frank over there. Frank Adams. Shout out, Frank Adams. Congratulations, yes, sir, sir, on your new appointment. All right. Well, that just means uh, April have to give some blood now. <laughs> she going to pass out. <laughs> Barons or Squadron? Barons. Legion or Stallions? Legion. I'm a soccer guy. All right. Now, I know your answer wants to be Florida State, but Alabama or Auburn? UAB. <laughs> you going to find a way. <laughs> that is an acceptable answer, sir, but I got another one for you. Given the fact that the Classic is coming, State or A&M? Ooh. That's actually easy because I really only know people from A&M. So it'll okay. be A&M. All right. Well, there you go. Don't have know many state folks. Sorry, y'all. It's, oh, Ed Field. Sorry, Ed. My bad, Sorry, bro. Ed. <laughs> now, um, one of the things that we often talk about in our circles um, is understanding government at all levels, right? Mm hmm um, you know, I, I laugh all the time. Most people don't know whether to call the, the mayor or the governor about a, a, any specific thing. But we're blessed to have friends like you in the, in the mayor's office who can differ, differentiate. And, you know, I told you I wanted you to really talk about what your job is as the uh, chief of operations mm -hmm. And how you specifically serve the citizens of Birmingham. So basically, and I'm a, I'm gonna keep it low, and then I go big. Okay. So, my 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 duty and my service as chief of operations is the day to day operations for the city of Birmingham. That's making sure that everybody's grass gets cut, garbage gets picked up, making sure that every fire truck is available, are working in service. Police have what they need to to do their duty is to serve and protect. It's just a holistic day-to-day -day operations of all of our departments and all our divisions. So it's just one of those things that what I'm doing is mostly problem solving because right. a lot of department heads will come to me and say, I have this issue. I said, all right, give me the issue, and then we'll walk it down mm -hmm. to find a solution. 
Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things about my position is to make sure that resources are available for the departments. Right. And when I say resources, it's mostly financial resources. So we have a budget. And this is probably a lesson for everybody that's listening to this podcast. The city doesn't print their own money. What? We, no, we can't do it, man. I wish we could. <laughs> but we work in a small budget that's $515 million. We have a staff that's around 3,000 employees. So just look at it as a dollar. Just take $1. Take $1 out right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at that dollar, and that represents $115 million, 70 cent to that dollar goes to the employees. That is their salaries. That's their benefits. That's their health. That's their insurance. That's right off the top. Right. About 10% of that same dollar that gets you to 80% is close to all the operations for each department. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is just the ancillary areas of just us like paying for different boards and agencies, giving make sure that we have the school board has that mental health awareness. Birmingham promise that the mayor talks about all the time, making sure like railroad park Rickwood Field has operating money because those are city services, those are our buildings, those are our parks. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is just our debt service, that money that we floated bonds to pay streets and do this, that, and the third. So look at it like that. So it's not like we have an infinite amount of money. We don't. We have a finite amount of money that we try to make sure that it stretches across all the enterprise. So we have to be very, very intentional about what gets what amount of money because we always have to serve the cities of Bir- citizens of Birmingham, but we have to be efficient with what we have. So that's basically the one-on-one of how my position works versus budgeting and working the operation side of the city. Right. Now... <laughs> Nine times out of ten, when people have an issue with the city, you know, they may call you or they may be calling city council or, you know, most people interface with the city one of two reasons. Mm-hmm. You tell me if I'm wrong. That's either they have an issue that they need to report or business owners. Now, how does your office make it better mm-hmm. for citizens to report things? Yes. And how, how is it, how can, how can I find help, right? right? And then secondly, as a business owner, what are you guys doing to streamline services for business? Okay. So I'm going to answer it a different couple ways. So right. in order to get things done, basically a complaint or just an inquiry or anything, we try to lean people to go towards the 311 system, which is still a way that you pick up your phone call, you get a dispatcher that will take your call and give you a case number based off if you need a pothole fits, your garage, your garbage didn't get picked up, or you just have a general a complaint. Keep in mind, 311 is not a emergency line. Please keep calling 911 based right. if you have any emergency. Then we are now implementing a app that's called Sleep C Click Fix. It's a three one one app that you can download to your phone, and you can basically upload a case, a picture, complaint, whatever, and it goes directly to the same three one one operators that get it over to a different department head. So now let me be sure I understand. Either through this app or through calling, there will be a record. A yes. number given so I can track. You can track it, yes. Okay, yes. okay. No, those are just one method. Mm-hmm. And it's always the traditional method of you just calling the mayor's office, and they will make sure that it either get to myself or the chief of staff 
and we will walk that down and get it to the appropriate uh, department head to get that solved. But we like to investigate first because let's take, for instance, if you complain about a, a, a lot that's next to you that's overgrown, mm-hmm. the city just can't go on that lot and cut it because that's actually somebody's lot. Right. So it's a whole investigation thing that we go through code enforcement to make sure that we can, you know, go on there and do a lean and cut the grass. We want to cut every grass. We don't really want to cut grass, but we know that neighborhood revitalization is very important. Right. Um, and, of course, every district, every neighborhood, every community has a city councilor. Mm-hmm. You can always redirect your complaints to them, and they come directly to us at the end of the day anyway because – they don't have the authority to reach out to department heads to get things solved. They still have to give it to myself or the mayor or the chief of staff, Cedric Sparks. Right. Okay, cool. Now, um, you hinted that there are a couple of things coming down the pipeline. And um, we've had what Cornell on here. We've had Datcher <laughs> on here. So now we got the man on here. Tell us something on the podcast that nobody knows about. I love my job. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot disclose a lot. <laughs> well, you can disclose a little. Like one of the things was concerts coming yeah. up under um, the thing for yeah. the summer. Yeah, you so know. Let's, let's just look at it like this. So mm-hmm. ever since we built Protective Stadium and then had the World Games and had all these other things that just kind of evolutionalized, especially like city walking, things that we're doing on the west side of the community when it comes to cross, the crossplex and us trying to reimagine these parks to get them up the cold and, you know, doing pickleball courts and everywhere. We gained a lot of traction just from doing the small things. Even though the, the we got a lot of pushback on the stadium, that brought a lot of attention to Birmingham. Yeah. I mean, we have a semi-pro soccer team now that – that works out and performs at that stadium. Right. We have the Birmingham Stallions that's going that won a championship. Now right. going to their second year. Yeah. That are all one offs that are helping us gain more traction to more and bigger things. Not saying that we were about to be a sports, you know, town, but that helps build revenue for us to do things that we know we need to do in the community. Because that brings more attention into this city where people come in and spend their money, stay in hotels. And do this because that allows us to use that money and redirect it to street paving, building houses, demo housing. Like it's that how that is how we pretty much run the city based off our revenues. So the more attractions that we have into the city, or the more grants we can go after when we you know speak to all our federal you know legislators and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That helps us turn around to be more efficient when it comes to day to day operations with the city. Because we can redirect those funds as our coffers grow to do more of the things that we get the complaints about. We, our goal is not to have any complaints. We're all going to have complaints. Yeah. But we want to make sure that we address the complaint, and then we take care of the complaint, and then we make sure that we never see that complaint again. Outstanding. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming. And um, I got one last question yes, for sir. you. I'm going to bust a secret, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody has known this before this very second, right? I have. I want to ask you something seriously. <laughs> For a long time, mm-hmm. everybody around you couldn't stand me. <laughs> you understand know, the look on his face. <laughs> but. At worst, we would have always been buddies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
What was that like? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I don't care. <laughs> I would have always been a friend to me. Like, yeah, I, man. I look at people and what they offer to me as a friend. Like, you've never done any ill will towards me. So why would I have ill will towards you? Because some of my friends don't like you. What did I mean? I know. But I, I had to laugh about it because <laughs> I've never said anything. I just acted like I didn't know. <laughs> But the but the truth of the matter is, I love you. You know I've always been in your corner professionally, socially, um, you know, quasi-socially out here in, in this um, Birmingham town. And I just can't tell you how proud I am of you. Um, I know you probably don't think about this, but... You should consider running for mayor. <laughs> I want to thank my brother, my nephew, my friend, Chaz Mitchell, for joining us. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. We're really, really proud of you. I want to thank you all for listening. Oh, hey, April. Huge shout out to Creed 63, our 360 News and urbanham.com. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by Water Sullivan. You can find us on the web at watersullivan.com. That's W-A-T-E-R-S-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. Or contact us at hello at watersullivan.com or 205-855-5020.